0: How's it going, guys? Welcome back to The Foo Show. I'm your host, Coach Ali Foo Show. And who else will I have beside me or who else will I have a a podcast episode with like a week after the very, very successful Seaball 2023? I made sure to wear my shirt (laughs) because it's an appropriate uh, occasion for me to do so. Because right beside me, I have the beautiful, the amazing, the talented Esme Cruz. Esme, can you say hi to everyone? Hello. So, uh, to those of you who might not know, which is kind of stupid, if you're watching this, you should already know who Esme is. Uh, can you give a, a quick introduction on who you are? Your power, like, I guess, slight powerlifting background and what you have accomplished or what did you organize in the past few weeks?
1: So hi everybody, um, I'm Esme Cruz, um, well Esmeralda for some. Um, I'm actually a powerlifter, two started two years ago um, on the onset of the pandemic, um, and I'm the current CEO of Equinox Athlete Management Philippines, um, and also the tournament director of the recent Seaball Twenty Twenty Three.
0: Uh, And that is precisely why you are my guest because you were the tournament director and this was a four-day event. This was a two-weekend kind of setup. So a lot of people, uh, me included, really enjoyed the experience that uh, Equinox, uh, PAP, or like the entire event of Seabull, how great it was because um, I've been... In the Philippine powerlifting scene since 2015 or 2016, so I've seen a good number of meets, and I can really, I say this objectively, subjectively in all forms of the matter. Sebel 2023 was the best powerlifting meet ever, oh. like, uh, like, of course, in the Philippines. I've never been to one international one, but this is or this. Ball 2023 was really, really great. And Esme was um, gracious enough to um, invite me to be the commentator for the four days, the stream uh, commentator along with uh, Bruce. And we got to saw it from start to finish of the actual event. And a lot of people who competed, who were handlers or audience members, they were also there start to finish uh, of the event, but not actually... They have not wist- witnessed all the preparations uh, during, way before, like in between uh, events or in between actual weekends, like in between the Saturdays and the Sundays. They have not seen or they have probably, they probably have no idea on the amount of work that has to be done to continually make sure that everyone is having a smooth and amazing experience because I believe there are a good number of first timers. Uh, for that competition and i guess you've outdone yourself or you, <laughs> you you've set the bar really high cuz if that was their standard of a philippine powerlifting competition of course all hopefully to some degree all future competitions will be to the same degree but of course this is exactly why we invited asmit to talk on the show so that she can give a good idea on what was needed uh for the preparations for siebel 2023 how the process was and of course to talk about her perspective because everyone has who attended it was coming from a an audience point of view a competitor's point of view but how about the point of view of the actual tournament director the boss of the <laughs> entire thing but of course before we talk about that let's talk about some of uh, like on a lighter note. What were your like your personal highlights? And of course, it's hard to say like which one was the best occurrence or be- best uh, event that happened. But what was your favorite event? Whether that be a lift from a lifter, or was there a moment that for you was crazy special in CIBO two thousand twenty
1: three? There are a couple, um, but I think the best for me is the last photo taken during the banquet. Um, because honestly, I, I, like, from an organizer's point of view, it was the first banquet, right? And it's really difficult to round people up, you know, to attend a banquet after everything's been said and done for the meet. Like, people, you know, people go there to compete because they have, like, you know, their vested interest. But to attend the banquet, I mean, we were giving out free tickets to winners, which not all winners were claiming, mm. um, you know. So we were kind of scared, actually, to you know to have a banquet and then end up with like you know a sad number yeah, of yeah. people but um when we took that photo and i saw it um when everybody was gone when we were um fixing up the event um like i was it was absolute chills um and even after that when people stayed um like some people stayed after the banquet to help like clean up yeah like i really felt that the spirit of like volunteerism and you know powerlifting coming together because we didn't ask people to help us Mm. i mean we we kind of did like some of the volunteers but some of the people who paid to attend the banquet really stayed and helped and for me that those were that was probably my favorite moment of the entire
0: I'm, i'm pretty sure at that moment like towards the end of the banquet all the stress that you've been going through the, for the past few weeks or months actually in preparation this is like like that was the moment that I did it or we did it as a team like you and uh, equinox and all the volunteers um and of course well, once again I don't think I've said it on the episode but congrats <laughs> I've <laughs> said it you. I've said it last week uh, but I'll say it again now and of course I'm pretty sure a lot of people would share the same sentiment that um what Equinox has done was really, really great. My my personal favorites, uh, aside from the banquet, because as as Esme said, that's never been heard of. Um, before, normally, and it's not a bad thing that before, after the competition, because everyone's tired, whether that be all the lifters or all the organizers, the officials, everyone's tired at that point. So what do you want? After Egress, you just want to go home now, right? But the fact that there was a banquet to really show or actually give... An in, like a, a chance for the community to be together not because there's a lift that's happening but just to be together and to celebrate how far the community has gone it was really great because I've never experienced that sure there were some before my instances na like oh let's go out for dinner after or tayo after something like that that's fine but the fact that it was a formal event organized by the same organizers of the competition it was great to see and Good job. Uh, hopefully you're watching this. Diamond Belendres, as a paper being uh, an amazing host. I swear if you were not there, I'm pretty sure Esme would agree with this. If his hosting abilities were not there, how like charismatic he actually is, um, we don't know how the banquet would have been. Of course, people would have fun. They'd talk to everyone in their tables. But because of how charismatic or how just GV yeah. he's made the entire dinner, the entire banquet, it was just so good. And yeah, yeah. And like he that.
1: really he really brought the people together. Like I to be honest with you, I was like, it was me and Raf who was like, Yo Diamond, you wanna do you wanna host the banquet? We'll give you a free ticket. He's like, Yeah, gee, gee, gee. Cause he lives <laughs> with us in Jimzilla, right? And then um he was like, What's the program? Oh, um, I had like, you know, cause the banquet was kind of like a it was the last thing in my head. Like yeah, I course. wasn't really, I mean, I was paying attention to it. But at the same time, there were so many things happening with the actual competition proper that the banquet was like the last priority for me. So I was like, yo, bro, I really don't have anything prepared for the banquet. <laughs> like so this is probably a week before week one. And I said, honestly, what we just need to do is do the awarding, probably have some games and some raffles and then... That's it. Like up to you, what you want to do with the with the program. I just really want everyone to have fun and get like to get to know each other. So all of that ad lib, all mm. of that hep hep Hooray games that he that was all him. So thank you, thank you, Diamond.
0: That was actually like the silliest hep hep Hooray uh, variation I've ever seen because it was that different. I mean, of course it's silly, but it's just everyone just just enjoying it now because of course they were like doing air deadlifts for yeah. like how many times Napa na si Diamond eh? uh, but overall again Diamond good job on uh, making the banquet really really good. So um for me like, if you're to ask my highlights, the actual lifts were really really I mean of course that especially the last deadlifts like the third attempts of the deadlifts everyone is really enjoying everyone's standing up from their audience uh, from the from the chairs from the audience area. Just really good like for, for me one of the biggest ones is definitely uh Micah Abando's 175 deadlift the only woman in the competition to deadlift three red plates uh as a commentator like me and Bruce we were like super hyped up because that's literally the heaviest weight we saw in day one and everyone even though like she was like competing against other people all our fellow competitors were cheering for her and that's the beauty of the sport and of course the environment of uh, Siebel 2023 just made everyone seem so light and excited. Wala yung parang walang angasan, walang, like nobody was a snob or whatever. Everyone was just there to give it their best and support everyone in the hopes that they will perform their best. Yeah. So of course there are a lot of great lifters, but that's just the first one that came to, uh, came to mind. Uh, next thing that I wanted, actually wanted to ask about was Raph's favorite, but unfortunately Raph's not here. <laughs> 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 All right. So now let's talk about. All the preparations pre Siebel 2023. What made you decide, or like what was the process in you becoming the actual tournament director for Siebel
1: 2023? Ha. Huh. Okay. This is right. probably. Uh, to, ah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you brace yourself. Um, no, I was just kidding. Um, so I think this all started with. So previously, I was actually the marketing head of Unleashed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um but due to some conflicts previously, um, I decided to bow out um nearing the competition because of um some internal you know okay. disagreements. Okay. Um but yeah, a majority of those majority, if not all of those sponsors actually from Unleashed were were solicited by me. Mm. Um basically when I left it was just contract signing that was missing. Um and so Actually, all of the stuff that I wanted to happen back in Unleashed or what we were proposing to happen in Unleashed, um, not all of it came to to life because of, you know, certain, you know, red tape and certain um, also, like, because of the timeline previously in the preparations so not all of it happened and okay. i wasn't the tournament director so it wasn't really my call okay. um and so you know after unleashed i really wanted to like as equinox i really wanted to do an event and will lord the current president of PAP, mm. who who wasn't the president then he was just you know part of equinox said that why not take the first event of the year since it's the mo, it's the less least invasive of like the, the competition schedules. Cause like, you know, Equinox, we handle athletes, right? And so um, it it is a possibility that we are not going to be here for, you know, Q2, Q3, and Q4 of 2023 because of different international competitions. So yes. Q1 is really actually the best time for us or for, for anybody to have any big national competition because it doesn't conflict with international powerlifting sure. competition. So I was like okay let's you know let's do it. Um so that was that was after Unleashed actually when we after in our party in Okada um like a celebratory party you're like drinking and stuff and you're we like yeah you gotta let's have do fun. it. <laughs> yeah, and you're we like yeah, let's do it. And then um come I think I forget which month it was, but there was a board meeting before where um, my Lord was like, oh, um, you know, we can present our kind of vision for for that event. It wasn't Seabold then. It was just, you know, Luzon Open, right? Um, so initially, what we wanted to do was to do sort of something like Arnold's. Act. Actually, it was bigger than Seaball. Um, we wanted to do some ki- something kind of like a fitness expo where Seaball was only one event to like to be part of many. Um, and we were going to bring in other sports to be part mm-hmm. of that like big convention, series of events. Um, so we wanted to do work with um, weightlifting, um, CrossFit, that kind of stuff. Although... We realized that the manpower and the preparations needed would be so much longer than, you know, four months. So we decided to just focus on CBOL. Mm-hmm. So um so yeah, that was and then we came up with CBOL actually, I think that was around november already of last year
0: all right so uh, why seaball can you explain to everyone like why did you so, choose that for the title
1: so seaball um means i think i explained this in like my opening remarks but probably i was too sabao um but yeah seaball means seedling or spring in filipino and um you know it being the first meet of the year um and it being also the National Interschool, right, and Developmental Mm. Championships, we wanted it to be the very source or, like, the seed in which, um, like, all of these bigger things will sprout from. Um, Because, like, what Raf thought of, where strength blooms, so does hope. And so we we really think that from, from this tiny idea... Right, it will spring into bigger things, not just for Equinox, but also for the powerlifting community in the Philippines in general. So
0: that's so that's so deep. That's so great. <laughs> I mean, of course, I'm pretty sure like some people had an idea, like okay, it's probably called Siebel because you know Sprout, it's a, But for her to describe it that way, oh, there's a <laughs> lot of thought process that went through in this competition. So that's great. So you are, we're now the tournament director, and since you've been here or been powerlifting for two years, and you've experienced different meets. Narin, um, and of course, I want you to answer this as objectively as possible. Since you've experienced different meets in the past already, like in your opinion, what part or like what parts, if you can name, needed the most improvement? Like to really make sure that powerlifting is not just some backstreet sport, but it's something that has the potential to be leaning towards the mainstream or for more people to actually participate, what would, uh, what part or what parts did you think lacked the most or needed most improvement?
1: So one thing that I really felt need, needed the most improvement, and I, I think even with the way that we executed, it still needs more improvement, um, is communication, um, number one. Like, there's a lot of newbies out there who have no idea how to join and, like, the rules. You know, you know those mm. simple things to... Because if you want to grow a sport, you don't expect everybody, uh. everybody to know, like, what, how to do it, what to do, right? So one is, like, the way that you communicate to people. It shouldn't be... I know that sometimes, like, we communicate via a post right but sometimes people don't really look at posts and although it's their responsibility as competitors to do so there has to be a certain level of redundancy so that's what we tried we tried to do posts we tried to do emails um as redundant as we could for for the lifters um also you know being able to communicate with the lifters in a friendly manner i guess um when they have questions um we try to answer them as soon as we can and as clearly as possible um even sometimes like for example uh, a lifter would send an email about a question even simply like attaching a photo that you previously posted helps because sometimes they just miss it right even if you've already posted it way ahead of time um taking that like small effort really means a lot for some people. So um, that is one, communication. Um, Number two is definitely marketing and um, branding, which is why we really put a lot of thought into Seaball because if there's no hype to an event, like there's no, it's like you need to keep these lifters wanting for more. It's not just a matter of like today or this event. It's a matter of, Okay, like if they like this event so much, they're gonna wanna look, they're gonna look forward to the next one and the next one and the next one. So, um, definitely that aspect of it. We d- really did try to improve. Um, and last but not least, of course, is timeliness. Um, that was really the biggest KPI that we we wanted to hit for this event is like the timeliness or the punctuality of the entire event because I have heard of a lot of you know feedback from people that usually um you know it's a normal thing apparently for stuff to go over time like you know five six hours or for them to not get weighed in on time and like I haven't been cutting drastically for a powerlifting meet myself, but I've seen Raph cut. And for me, it like as a handler, um, and also this happened to Joyce, like when we were at C cup, um, getting moved, like those timelines getting moved, it's, it's such a bummer. Um, and so I wouldn't want any athlete to experience that. So we, we really tried our best to start and finish on time. Um, which we kind of did. In general, I think the only time we went overtime was in day three just because of like the internet and you saw like the, I think, I don't know who kept kicking that power outlet, but somebody kept kicking the power out so our screens would go down. Um, but if it weren't for those interruptions in general, people were weighed in on time. and.
0: But on day three, that's actually one of the most stressful days because that's when Barangay 74 and 83. and 83 like the, like the most common or the uh, like the roster with the most number of lifters. So as expected, day three would be the most hectic one. Yes. Yeah, but that's true. Um, so I've competed in a good number of competitions in the past. And I remember this one, I think this was 2016 or 17. Uh, my flight was scheduled to be at around 1 p.m. to start, but we started at around 6 or 7. Oh my God. So it was really terrible. I mean, of course, I'm sure that there were like the reasons for why there are delays, but from the lifter's perspective, cutting, and like that's one thing that she mentioned, like if somebody had to really cut, and of course, to make uh their to make their weight class, they had to really time how much water they're drinking, how much food they're eating. So example, if the initial Time was supposed to be one p.m., so around like eleven to twelve, they're probably not eating or drinking, and they're so excited. If you're going to delay that two to three hours, they're going to be so dehydrated uh, for a prolonged period of time. They're gonna be hungry. They're gonna be cranky at their handlers. <laughs> um, so of course, for c ball or any other competition, that would be punctual. That means a lot. So and I would say, as I was you know uh, commentating, things were on time, and that's really. I don't want to say unheard of, but that's not something that you can commonly see in powerlifting meets. And as she mentioned, this is not just for the Philippines. Like elsewhere, naman And I, I'm pretty sure. Like I've seen online, delays are normal, but foreseeable to not have any major delays. That's crazy, crazy good. But on the note of communication, yeah, I think, uh, especially with the newbies, definitely more redundancy would be great so that it's really like, instilled in their head. Because I think there were. A good number of lifters that did not submit their next attempt. So a lot of them had just two point five in inc- increments for the next lift. So example, let's say their first squat attempt, their opener was one hundred. Ang gandang swabe. And then when I saw them on screen, it was like one o two point five. I'm like, there must have been a mistake because the third attempt biglang one twenty. Yeah. Right? That's crazy. So, um, of course, Esme is right, as. The lifter, or as a competitor, and of course, if you have a handler and a coach, it's their responsibility as well to make sure that the whole team would be educated to know how um, the sport goes. For so example, like to be to use that example, after you uh, finish your lift, you have one minute to submit your next attempt. Make because if you don't, the officials table are just gonna add two point five. So example, even though if you wanted to do a ten. 15 kilo jump, if you didn't submit it in time, they will have to just increase it by 2.5. Um, then I think there were other, actually, I think there were a good number of people that, but everything was on time. So I have no idea why they said, oh, the bar is loaded for X. this biglang they didn't show up. I think that happened around four or five times. And yeah. that's a lot. Like four or five no lifts just because they didn't, because of a no show. Yeah. So of course, it's their response. That's not the official's fault. But of course, from her end, she says that, you know, they could have posted more to remind people. But to all the lifters out there, it's your responsibility (laughs) to know, okay? They're working so hard for everything else. eh? (laughs) All right. So, of course, you went through all of that. And do you think that those, the communication, the punctuality and marketing, Siebel did all of that. Like all of those points that you wanted to improve drastically, you were able to um, bring that to the past few weekends. eh? And... I wanted to ask, of course, there was a challenge for almost every part, whether that be before, during, or after? what would you say? Of course, this is a vague one. What was the biggest hurdle, or what was the biggest challenge or obstacle to actually make sure that everything was smooth for everyone?
1: um I'm trying to think of like the worst one because there were a lot <laughs> 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 um but I think if I were to talk about the day, like the event itself, um, it would be the flooring.
0: Ah, uh, okay. That
1: was probably, even between weeks, that was like the biggest hurdle that we had to, to overcome. Cause for all the lifters out there, if you didn't know, um, so during week one, day one, palang, there was already a complaint pala from one of the tenants below. I think it was national bookstore. Um, cause we, they were right below us. Um, and their aircon cover, like the square vents, oh. were actually shaking already in day one. So that tenant already made a report to, I think, one of the securities of Ayala, which did not get to the point of contact we had to Ayala. So they didn't know. We didn't know. Mm. And then in day two, I think it was Adrian Perilio's deadlift because he was the heaviest deadlift of that day, I think. Um when he did the de- he, he did his deadlift cuz that was when they came up to me and said can you stop the event like they were telling me to stop the event i was
0: like what stop, no stop the event what are you talking about <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then they said oh cuz like our tenants aircon cover drop blah 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 they were like can we change the matting and i was like um this is about to finish can we change it after so as you remember we ha- midway we mm. had to change we had to put um, yeah. We had to put taekwondo mats under like our plywoods and our high-density mats because Ayala asked us to or else we had to stop the event. So thankfully enough, um, when we had to go to the 66s, because um, that was in the 59s eh, in the morning. So um, when we did the 66s in the afternoon, the taekwondo mats did the trick. But the thing is... Um, the engineers—it was their kind of fault for underestimating the impact on the tenants below. So, because um, they were the ones that approved, basically, we we mm. had them approve like okay. our matting previously, and then so we had to adjust. And then for week two, since we were expecting, you know, heavier deadlifts from you know the likes of Ram, Ross, Raf, like, um, we were expecting a three hundred kilo deadlift also from. Joey. Oh, make from Joey, yeah. And so um, so we were they were like, Oh, we need to make the matting thicker. And I was like, How much thicker? Because, you know, there's only a limited yeah. number of mats. And um, thank you to the Rack.co for lending us your high density mats. Um, but yeah, we had a limited number of mats, plywood, and even the taekwondo mats that Ayala lent to us, which is by the way, thank you also for lending from the I forget which taekwondo association lent that but one of the taekwondo associations training in ayala lent us their taekwondo mat so thank you so much um we wouldn't know where to get those if we they didn't lend it to us but yeah like um we were trying to um haggle with them as for the thickness because it's one thing for us to know that the previous week's um setup was okay but because of the issue, they yeah. were asking for a thicker. So if you saw in, pla- in week two, the, the thickness of the...
0: <laughs> yeah, had to the, really step Yeah, <laughs> literally
1: step over. And also, we had to remat the warm-up areas too. Yes. So if you notice, like some of the um, warm-up areas had taekwondo mats also because of the complaints for, from the deadlift. So that was definitely one of the biggest hurdles because we had to buy also additional plywood um, which we had to get cut. Um, so, super stressful. Um, but eventually, we didn't receive any complaints. Um, for the
0: second weekend. For the second weekend, yeah. Uh, that's Except really for one. that
1: one time. Because I think there was this one lifter, super tigas ulo. Oh, he, he deadlifted <laughs> in the spot where you're not supposed to deadlift. So, there was like a complaint that, oh, there was. A, and then after, when I had some of the marshals, you know.
0: Really watch out. Yeah, Bandai. really watch
1: out. There was no more complaints.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. But of course, uh, yes, you did say thank you again to Ayala for, like, of course, allowing the event to be in that one. It's a good activity center, like the perfect space, actually, uh, for all the warm up areas, for the actual event area, the audience area. I mean, it never felt sick or too big. Yeah. It was really just the perfect size. It w-
1: And also felt, you know, because. It was kind of like we were in an aquarium actually, you know? It was mm, it was the right amount Yeah. It was the right amount of private, but at the same time it's like, you know when you watch people making, you know, noodles in like those open restaurants. It kind of felt like that that people were able to watch us from like the upper floors, but at the same time they weren't intrusive into the yeah, actual okay, event. Yeah, that's great. So, like that that's what I really liked about the venue.
0: Okay. So, Ayala Circuit Makati, next time. ah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, definitely, that is a very high-stress moment because that's within the event itself and under the, I guess, threat or the potential of the event being stopped completely. Of course, I'm pretty sure Esme was feeling a lot of stress at that point. But of course, when it comes to any hurdle or obstacle that comes you just respond to it with whatever means that you have and of course she had an amazing team uh amazing sponsors and on that note can we say thank you to all the sponsors that made it really good and of course Uh, let's start let's start with the rack.co i want to say like they were so cool like uh, like of course their um their products are great but the people that were handing the booth uh and the people that were just constantly talking to Esme and to Equinox, to all the organizers to make everything great. Uh, One of my favorite things that happened was the Chalk Bowl that they lent. Uh, That's an Elayko Chalk Bowl. We mentioned in the rack, they mentioned it on Instagram as well, that we loved it so much because we don't really need a very premium um, Chalk Bowl, but it's great to have. All the other meets, and all the other gyms probably just have a bowl, <laughs> a bowl on a wooden like structure, like wooden shelf. That's pinatong malang. This one, the sole purpose of this chalk podium, I just want to call it, uh, was to be the chalk bowl that uh, lifters would use before the lift, and it looked great on camera as well. Uh, how else did um, aside from the mats that they helped, you know, they donate, they donated? How else was or how big of an impact has the rock.co been for seeball um
1: the rock has been just phenomenal this seeball um, cuz not just like during the event you know the before the event leading up to the event Um, they've always been there actually ever since we did atomic deadlifts Mm. Um, so when we did that um, and we told them that hey we're we're doing a bigger event and they were like yeah we want to be part of that Um, you know they were there they lent us their space the Buat Buat basement to do um, actually to we were the ones that endorsed PAP to have the referees um, exam and seminar there Um, and then in the afternoon we had our meet volunteer seminar so that's where we trained some of our loaders and spotters, our table officials, you know, they they lent us that space. Um, also, you know, for our shoot with Astro Media, um, we were able to use that space. I don't know if you, you... You probably saw the video, right? It was like a promo for SVD, to be honest. Um, so... Kudos to Astrid Media as well for shooting that. But yeah, the rack, um, they were there to lend us the space and e- anything we needed, actually. Um, and then also, yeah, like they lent us the brand new um eleco um, combo rack. Combo rack, yeah. That's the latest version of it. Um also like all the all the freebies that we gave out during the banquet. Um, you know, from That was a lot. That was a lot. Rogue um rogue band, um Eleco um, sweater or hoodie um, and then like a crap load of um, chalk and
0: oh, I wanted the microplate like when we yes. during the raffle of the microplates and the fat grips I wanted to win <laughs> so bad but <laughs> They didn't pick my name. Oh, ah, so,
1: <laughs> so sorry. So um, sorry. But yeah, like um, all those cool stuff they gave, just and of course the Eleiko performance powerlifting bar. Actually, um, um,
0: to those who were not there, um, there was a it's a really great how how they gave the bar. Can you let them know?
1: Yeah. So it was actually Diamond's idea.
0: <laughs> oh, really? It was idea? Oh, <laughs> it was Diamond's
1: idea. That, that's Sly so, guy. So he was like, "What if?" Because he knows that they're super G to win that bar. Like. Team bars. Ever since we announced, like that, okay, the best open team is going to win the um, powerlifting bar. They were like, really? How? How do you compute the scores? How do you (laughs) so? And they were recruiting people. They were even recruiting Raf, Joyce, and Nestor. They're like, come on, play, play, so that we can win the bar. Blah blah blah. Um, So they're really that g. And so when we, so we knew obviously, like when it was the start of the banquet, that um, it was them. That, that was going to win. Then I was like, wouldn't it be funny? We asked the rack also. We were like, wouldn't it be funny if we, you know, if we put an old bar? Because of course, they're expecting a new shiny yeah, a new bar, shiny right? shiny bar. What if you put like something that they're not expecting? I just want to see what their reaction would be. Um, so that's what we did. And the Elico bar, cassette, it comes with a like plastic all, packaging.
0: Oh, plastic. Isn't it cardboard? I mean, from, cardboard. Yeah, yeah. And
1: then, Plastic yeah. inside. So so we took it out when everybody was outside. We took it out with help from Ken um, and Diamond. So we took it out and then we replaced the old um, bar, which is PAP's bar. Uh, I think it was an Ivanko bar.
0: But there's a lot of history in that yeah, bar. Yeah, super so it's lots, Still a good bar. Still but a good bar. Obviously, def- not a new bar.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we, we put it there and then and um, we hid the bar behind the big tarp. Mm. um and yeah when we were awarding it so joey was super extra and trying to open it and then um i was there when he pulled it out he was like what the it was so it was it was priceless just to see like you know their faces when we brought out the actual bar um with of course like the tag it looks so official like i I love that little piece that the rack put there because you know how when you would get the prize like the big checks yeah it kind of felt that's like that's the that. equivalent yeah, that, yeah so it's pretty cool um when
0: no. we did that no that that's really funny because um i did not expect that because i was really happy because you know the cardboard tube etc then they pulled it out as she mentioned <laughs> joey was so like so confused yeah. but he was everyone was smiling because i guess everyone did realize it was a joke but the moment they got the actual bar and then the, like, as a team they raised it all together I mean, obviously, Joey was the tallest one, so nobody else got to reach it. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to the other guys. <laughs> um, but that was just great. As a sponsor, I think, uh, to my knowledge or to my experience, no sponsor has been that generous when it comes to being like giving like, giveaways or prizes. And these are, these are the giveaways that prizes that are going to the right people. So, of course, it's a good uh, thing then for the rack, but it's a great thing that they were able to provide that experience for SIBO. Really, really good. And you mentioned Astro Media. Um, that's the first time that I saw that there was an available service to avail of so you can get your own, uh, what do you call this, specialty reels? Yes. Like your comp- com- like meat recap reels. Yes. That's really great. Uh, props to Angela Gonzalva and her team and everyone that was part of it. That is great because, of course, meat recaps are a thing. A lot of people post their... Like their handler videoing their own uh, yeah. lifts, which is great. That's gonna do the job, but for it to be professionally done and for them not to think about it, so the handler can only focus on handling the lifter. The lifter can just focus on the lifter, while they have full on like full professional team to um really make sure that they get the memories from that event to get the highlights. And
1: it's kind of hitting two birds with one stone for us, um, because as like as organizers we don't want the handlers messing with the the, the space, right? And this is actually an idea we stole from (laughs) C-Cup and, you know, the international competitions because typically when Joyce would compete, you would have, like, White Lights Media um, Mm. or, um, yeah, Seeing Red Media was the provider back in C-Cup. And, um, yeah, like, we there would really be, like, there would really be a separate media area and, the, the thing about it is um, the handlers don't get in the way of the officials or mm. they don't block the way as well yes. for the live stream and things like that. So um, it's one, we're providing them with the same experience as like the international level and at the same time, you know, it helps us with crowd control as well. So it's...
0: That's a really good one. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of another, like you mentioned the live stream. Oh my gosh. M Sports. Oh my gosh. They were beside me the whole time. So I was just a commentator. Um literally, the only thing that I was doing is I had a microphone in my face and I would commented that's not a lot of work as compared to what they were doing beside me. They had a like a lot of buttons, a lot of screens. they were had headsets to communicate with each other, like the lead girl or lead like both of them actually were telling, oh camera uh, camera one, do this, camera two, go there, span, whatever. They were just chaos, like organized chaos, like there's a lot of things going on, but they were so. Great, and this is their first powerlifting meet, right? Yes. To to cover. And of course, yeah, I'm not gonna say that every single second of the live stream was perfect. Uh, like, I'm, that's not a diss on them, but because, uh, of course, there was a lot of things going on, especially when it was two platforms na. They had like, what, seven or eight cameras to handle? That's a lot of work. So, of course, there were some times na um, not centered or whatever, but when they hit it, like when it was on the mark, oh god, that was beautiful a lot of people were praising on how amazing um, the live stream was. Because of course, not a lot of people or not everyone can go physically um, to the event itself, to Mall Circuit Makati, so they had to go uh, for the online option, the live stream option. And before, the live streams of the past were not as grand. I mean... They existed, like with Unleashed. I was the commentator there as well. Uh, But I had to be the one to press the button, oh, camera, like platform one, platform two, which is not hard because it's just two buttons. But what did the viewers get at home? Just two views and my annoying voice. This (laughs) time around, they had a lot of transitions. They provided graphics that, uh, and like all the tracker, all the crazy.
1: You know, M Sports is really a a lifesaver because. I didn't have to think about anything for the live stream. All I had to do was provide... Even those... Like, you know that cool, Ball graphic transition? With the uh, smoke. I didn't do that. They did. Um, all I had to do was give them like our... Our PSD files for like the the logos, um, all of our posts. And from there, they created all the graphics that was in that live stream, all the transitions, everything. We just had to give them the raw material. So thank you so much to M Sports, to IE, shout out to that entire team. Um, Can you imagine that was just six people making that thing happen? Yeah, (laughs) six people. Um, And, you know, like the, the, just really like and they were also the same people ingressing and egressing. So like you can just imagine how how tired these people are. But they always respond to us with like a smile and stuff. So thank you so much, M Sports, and we really look forward to you know to to them being in like succeeding powerlifting meets, hopefully.
0: Yeah, but as everyone uh Course, I was the commentator, like people like messaged me saying okay, they love the live stream. i course, like they didn't really talk about me. They talked about <laughs> how great the stream was. The transitions were I think I did a good job too. <laughs> but of course uh, you did. <laughs> the uh, so everything there are a lot of things that um a lot of the sponsors had provided like the rack. They provided the actual equipment, the giveaways. Uh, Media, they provided all the coverage. Oh, sorry. The the coverage for the reels for them to use later on. Then M supports for the live stream coverage. And of course, there are a lot of other... Uh, whale was there. Uh, I mean, towards the end with all their giveaways as well. But a lot of these sponsors were really, really great. Like they gave it their best. And um, of course, I'm not part of the actual like organizers committee I, just, I was just there on the day itself Esme did all the hard work I was just there for the day it's really talaga so I just yeah, wanted to mention that yeah just to
1: add also like the warm-up areas mm-hmm. like because um, the RAC was really responsible for like the main platform um, you know we had PAP's equipment but PAP's equipment is for the size of the competition yes. and for like the lifts of the people, also because you know, people are lifting heavy weights now. So, yeah. um, for us to have two platforms available to have like 300 something for both platforms was really difficult if it weren't for the rack. Um, but that includes also the warm up areas because, of course, how many plates would they need to warm up, right? All the um, so, we had eight, a total of eight warm up platforms.
0: Eight, ba? Wow. Eight, yes. Before, it was only like, back in my day, there were only (laughs) like uh, two or three. (laughs) Yeah, we
1: did eight, so four for each side, although each side only had two deadlift platforms because of the the flooring thing. Um, but yeah, we had eight, um, and that wouldn't be possible if it weren't for Jimzilla and Playhard. Um, so oh, they yeah. were, yeah, so they were the ones providing, um, all the plates, the bars. Um, so Jimzilla lent their Power Dragon plates and their Strong Stuff bars. And then Playhard lent, I think six, six bars and like so many plates. I don't even know how many. Um, but yeah, and those are for sale, by the way, the Playhard ones. Cool.
0: Yeah. Hmm, search Discounted, so you guys
1: should cop them.
0: <laughs> Alright, you heard that here first. Discounted rates on quality equipment. But not really. Um Jimzilla play hard the def- if the warm-up area wasn't as organized or as like amazing as it was to have eight or nine platforms, people wouldn't be able to perform on the main platform, on the actual platform. So warm-up areas matter quite a lot because before when we would warm up. Uh, in the other event areas, and again, I'm not dissing on the previous uh, competitions. I'm not. I'm just stating it as how it was back then. did not the aga one, but you really had to make sure that you had your own time slot or like your space to really change the plates. And of course, especially with rack heights, of course, there's some people that are taller or shorter. It was stressful to warm up in time and actually on the punctuality thing we actually don't know what time we will be going on the our, our flight will be starting so for the warm up areas to be a lot uh, and uh, the plates the the bars to be enough for everyone that was really good on top of the punctuality but uh, i'm sure like there may might have been like one or like, a few people that might not have super duper enjoyed the event but i would say 99.999% of all <laughs> Uh, competitors, lifters, handlers had an amazing event. And that's really all because of you. But one thing that I wanted to talk about, like more of the behind the scenes. So weigh-ins would start around 8 or 9 a.m., right? Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that Esme will be arriving 8 or 9 a.m. <laughs> what time did you... Uh, so example, for like day one, that's a Saturday, you arrived Friday, yeah. <laughs> right. What time Friday. Friday night did you arrive? So
1: Friday night, that was Ingress. We arrived nine forty-five, something like that. Um, nearing, nearing closing, closing, because yeah. that's when we would start. And then this is actually a funny story, because um, so Ingress first day, uh, all the stuff arrived from from the PAP storehouse. Okay. Um And then Playhard arrived. Everything arrived, and it was like, everyone just dropped the stuff there, and you we were like crap (laughs) and and we had a plan um but we had such a hard time assembling the pap racks um because the screws were kind of like mismatched um and we didn't really have a manual for that to be honest it was so easy to assemble the racks um like like, yeah because we were the ones that did the first um assembly actually for the rack, so I knew how to do it, and the the parts were complete. Like it was super organized. Um, I was having a hard time because the the ER racks plus the Eleco, the old Eleco rack, like the, we didn't know which screws which was which because they were all mixed up. So that was actually what took us the most time. Um, also there was only one working service elevator in Ayala. Oh, oh that
0: took a while. That then. took a while,
1: yeah. So we were there from ten. We finished at 5.30. And call time was 6 a.m. So <laughs> so what I did, because we got a hotel nearby like on my personal dime, on Equinox's dime. Um, we, So I brought, so it was me, Raph, um, Willard, Pao, Nestor, Abe, and then Rodison already went home. I forget if I missed anyone, please don't kill me. Um, but it was really just a small team, less than ten. Um, Jandi was there also, but he had to leave early. Um, so, so yeah. Um, so I dropped off the boys to take a bit of a nap because they were super tired. Um, and Joyce was Joyce had to rest, so she wasn't there. She was doing the world record attempt. Um, and then Willard and I, we didn't sleep all, anymore. We just took a bath, and then. Just Went back. Up lang yeah lang. literally Ligo lang ang pahinga that day week one Friday to Saturday that was it um so we were there 6 a.m because we weren't done fixing stuff yet even at 5 30 so um when we came back we were fixing the registration area so we had one hour because registration opens at seven thankfully um the people we assigned for registration on and they they arrived um on time and then Alejandro uh, y- you're a beast like she took my instructions I was like she was like okay and then she just she, did just, it. <laughs> she just did it and if it weren't for, for her I don't know how I would have survived day one to be honest
0: so to all the competitors that saw S-Men Willard that day, they were working on zero hours and just all adrenaline. And of course, I'm pretty sure they had some pressure to make sure that everyone was going to have a good time. So if they took the time to talk to you, be nice to you, you really have to appreciate it because they were on zero hours of sleep. Not only was it zero hours of sleep, but it was just all of the fatigue. They were trying to mask it lang just to make sure that they're not going to be like, you know, cranky or snobby to anyone because their goal was to make sure everyone's competition experience was great and they had and it took literally a night of zero sleep uh, on their part to make sure that it actually happens. So uh, so that was the ingress. Was it a similar story for weekend number two?
1: Um, Weekend number two is actually easier because we had we, we were able to store the equipment in like if you remember the space right there was like a There was, like, a vacant store in the back. Like, if the booth of the rack, right? Like, behind, there was, like, this... um, Square. yeah, Yeah, square. Yeah, so that's where we stored all the equipment in that storeroom, which was supposedly another... Like tenant of theirs, but the space was unoccupied, so thank God we and were it, able yeah, to. Yeah, office. so we didn't have to disassemble everything. Uh, so we just started there. So, ingress of week two, it was a bit. It was a bit faster. Um, the difficult part was the matting. Yeah, because
0: that's the thick mat that she mentioned a while ago.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was faster. We finished at three. I think in the morning. Wow,
0: faster by two hours. Yeah,
1: three. It was definitely better because, yeah, we were able to get some sleep in the man compared to week one.
0: Some sleep is always better than no sleep. Yeah. That's always. Um, so, how was the egress na after? Of course, um, or actually, more than that, after the banquet, you mentioned that you were really happy because of the photo and everything. Uh, but was the process of the egress um, smooth?
1: Or? It was actually smoother and we had more people to help. Um, Like Raf's friends, um, I think there were five of them, also helped. Um, Some of the guests from the banquet also helped, like Coach Ted and uh, June. Thank you for helping. Um, And in general, even some of our loaders and spotters stayed, even though we know that they're super tired already. Um, So thank you so much. I... (laughs) Like your names are fleeting for me, like Omar, Braver, Um Jalen, all you guys from the East, East crew. Thank you so much for staying. I know it was it was a long day for you all, but you still stayed to help. so.
0: So I've said this multiple times in the stream. Always, always say thank you to your loaders and your spotters. They are there from the first lifter to the last lifter. And what are they doing? They're loading the squat, the bench, and the deadlift. You as lifters know how tiring and annoying it is to set up a heavy deadlift. So, example, if you're gonna be deadlifting one fifty or two hundred pataas, you know it's it it sucks, right? You're gonna you're gonna unload it or load it yourself. It sucks. Imagine doing that from like what eleven a.m. or ten a.m. all the way towards like four or five or seven p.m. Yeah. for hundreds, literally in the hundreds of lifts or hundreds of attempts. So say thank you to them, of course, to the referees and to the judges as well, because. They're not going to be... They're not... Yes, they're sitting down. But they're not like... Mindlessly sitting down. They're yeah. literally watching... Every inch of you. Literally, they're watching your feet. They're watching your hands. Your your chest. Your everything. All the referees are... All uh, mentally tired. Just to really watch out. Because of course... A lot of pressure is on them. Uh, like white light or red light. That's a lot of pressure... To be put on them. And for them to make it on the spot. So... Esme, a lot of people... Uh, put in a lot of work. So whether that be the sponsors, the volunteers, um, uh, other officials. But I just want to say thank you. Really, this was an amazing experience from the official's point of view, from the competitors, from the audience. That was the best meet yeah. ever. Really, I really want to say thank you to that. And um, as we wrap up this episode, like, is there anything else that you'd want to uh, follow up like more people that you might want to say thank you to or like more things that you want to be known when it comes to uh, Philippine powerlifting um,
1: I think in general I just want to invite everybody else to really help out um, not just like if it's an equinox meet but in general um, I think You asked this question earlier, like one of the hurdles, and it just came to me now, looking for volunteers that were qualified. I think that Mm -hmm. was really one of the biggest hurdles as well um, because especially for referees, um, there aren't, at least for Seaball, there weren't a lot of available referees. And the problem with that is you can't just pick up somebody ref like you have to you have to take a certification to to be a referee and so you know to to all the lifters out there it's not like you compete in every meet yeah. so make i think it was Bryce from TSA who said this you can't compete in every meet so make it a point to volunteer in at least one every year so whether you're a loader or spotter or a marshal or a referee I think if you really want the sport to grow and you really want to have like you know people to compete with um, I think Nestor is a really good example of this like he really recruits people to go up against him and mm. <laughs> and you can't have people going up against you if you know there are no meats to nourish the new blood the yes, young absolutely. and so that's really one of the things that we wanted to you know ball to do is to encourage the new people to not just participate as lifters but also as volunteers as you noticed not all but most of our loaders and spotters a lot of our referees a lot of our table well our table officials are pretty seasoned but in general like our manpower is new blood because we really wanted to empower the new generation of not just power lifters but also volunteers for the sport, for the longevity of the sport. So, um, yeah, so I invite everybody to really, you know, um, there are a lot of ways you can help, um, especially in the upcoming Raw Nationals and the other meets. Um, so... Just message PAP. I'm sure there's a way for you guys to volunteer. Um and when they do post, like, you know, read it very carefully because sometimes it's just in between the lines, that kind of thing. So so yeah. And last but not least, just thank you. Thank you to everybody really who helped out. Um, you know, to those who who went to ingress and egress i know you guys don't get paid to help us but thank you for showing up and for everybody who's just really showing love and support to equinox like we're not a big company we're not you know we don't really have a lot of i don't have clout like you know um but thank you for giving us the trust um i think the sponsors can attest to this and the volunteers can attest to this like they helped because of the trust they had in me and in My team. Um, And so, maraming salamat talaga sa tiwala.
0: Yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, What is, like, as a last question, what's the um, nearby calendar or upcoming events for Equinox that people can expect to watch or participate in?
1: Um,. I don't have a specific one yet. Okay. Um, we're kind of in hibernation mode, definitely. Of course,
0: kailangan din. Yes, but
1: definitely um, we're looking at focusing on our athletes a little bit more for mm. the rest of the year. Okay. Although um, Grant Peng has already made his hear it or his um, subtle jab of maybe us going into bodybuilding, but mm?
0: that's, mm? that's.
1: Up for discussion. Is
0: that insider information <laughs> only to the viewers of the Fo Show? Oh my god.
1: <laughs> yeah, so definitely we're really looking into venturing into another sport. Um so bodybuilding is one potential candidate, kettlebell is also another one. So oh We'll see, we'll see.
0: So a lot of things to be excited for uh, on the note of equinox uh, Equinox's uh, future plans. Of course, uh, especially for the future of Philippine powerlifting, the standard has been set. It's a pretty high standard. Uh, but as long as all the lifters go home with happy experiences, and I'm sure they did, then that's what you can call a good, uh, amazing competition. And once again, I just want to say thank you, Esmet, for being a guest on um, the food show it was really, really good, and of course, hopefully, everyone who participated in the um, in C-ball, next time you see Esme, say thank you and I'll ask her first if she slept already. Because <laughs> because if she hasn't slept, bakit you don't want to talk to her yet? <laughs> 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 but cranky pala. But that's it for the food show. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you, uh, Esme, for being uh, my guest today, and we'll see you guys on the next one.